Welcome to the Grace World Podcast. I'm Dan Hewitt. And I'm Becky, his wife. This is episode 66. Hello, everybody. Hi there. So you can get your kicks from episode 66. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> it's a good time was had by all. 66. Wow. Yep. So. How was your week? It was, I don't know, stuff. Stuff happened. <laughs> Life happened. Life exists. happened, yes. It was a good week, I think. And did you go to church? I did on Friday. And Tuesday. And Tuesday. We had a group, so. Yeah. I feel like you're heading a conversation somewhere. <laughs> I am. We, uh. Got a recommendation from somebody to talk about the purpose of church. The purpose of church. And when people say that, when they say the purpose of church, what do they mean by church? Well, that... Going to a facility and meeting as a group? Perhaps. Uh Uh-huh. So have we, I mean, have you, I know you and I, we've talked about that a little bit for for 35 years on what's the point, what does church look like, Uh, what are the goals of church, who is the church, what's the form of church, what kind of stuff should happen in church. Uh, what other questions are other? I'm sure there's a pile of questions Mm -hmm. and I think, well, let's just do the first one. I think the answer varies over time. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about a couple of big, big things. Okay. So church generally is a Greek word called ecclesia, which is actually the called out ones or the assembly. So, um, which implies the assembly but typically it's we this is all these different words you know if you grow up christian you or been around a while you hear all these different terms you know we are the church technically not the building you know so the church is the people that is people that is the church Mm -hmm. so in the big sense and in fact if you use a a word that's common in the uh academic circles they would refer to it as the church catholic which the word catholic originally or literally means in latin it means universal so the universal church the church of all is basically saying the body all those who are believers so that's the biggest sense of the word church Mm, okay good okay all right so now yeah so i mean it's kind of like so this is kind of like a lot of stuff it's like let's get some terms so that we all agree that we're talking about the same thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's that's easy stuff, right? And then the real question is, what does church look like as a grouping or meeting of people? And I think that's, first of all, it's changed over history, obviously, a mm-hmm. lot. Mm-hmm. So like, what was the early church? What did they look like? They met together. Uh-huh. They broke bread. In other words, they had meals together. They had mm-hmm. food. They prayed. They sang and and focused their attention on God together as a community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would, 
What? No kind prep of here. But what's the verse in Acts? Is it yeah, like in they Acts got 3 together or 4 for or listening to the teaching of the apostles. Mm-hmm. The, Again, you can do your own homework you know, on that. Look up the Right. The Go read the book of Acts. In Acts <laughs> that see. talks about what the early church looked like. Actually, right. I just picked up a book uh, a month ago, which I have just barely started reading called the first Christians Mm -hmm. to get a little bit more history on that because I am always curious about that the first Christians yeah so the early church too was also considering their culture they were a little bit on the second class citizens because they were in a Jewish culture but they weren't necessarily being Jewish so they kind of did their own thing in their own way in a larger community economically or what Um, do you mean by second class they were not the primary culture so they were kind of a subculture or subgroup within the community that kind of had to do their own thing pave their own way yeah pave their own way that kind of thing okay so then over time i mean it grew there's all sorts of things there's probably some more formalism you see a lot of and this is where you see a lot of theology changes over time because there wasn't a lot of heavy theology immediately but yeah, because what did what was Jesus' command as he was ascending? Follow, go make disciples like I've made disciples out of you. Yeah, basically so. follow God, listen to God, follow my teachings. Do that. Go tell other people about that. Right, and so what happens is over time, uh, people come up with we'll we'll just say it harshly, dumb ideas. <laughs> so then people or weird ideas or there's confusion or conflict or whatever and then they would have councils. So then they would come up with okay, this is what this means exactly. And this is what we don't believe. This is it, what we do believe. So yeah. can I interject? Mm-hmm. Is it because when you get a group of people together it's hard to for them to all believe the exact same thing. Yeah, and sometimes determine as we well know, different people use the same terminology sometimes for different things. Or different people will take an idea and stretch it two different ways. And so some and that's generally not necessarily a terrible thing, but sometimes that goes a long way and the truth starts being tortured or Mm-hmm. There starts becoming conflict over time over that. And that's, of course, long, <laughs> really short story, long story short. That's where denominations come from. Mm-hmm. At some point, people divide and say, no, we think this is right. And the guys are like, well, no, we think this is right. And they say, okay, you go do your thing. We'll or do maybe our not thing. right or wrong. I mean, well, there is or there we are want to specific info, right info. and wrong yeah. kinds of things. But also there is the, there's nuance to right. use your word. You like that word lately. There are nuances yep. of the way people understand God or want to express who they are in their godliness. Right. So it's not always a right and wrong thing. Right. Sometimes it's a different emphasis. Mm-hmm. You want to put an emphasis here. Somebody else wants to put an emphasis over here. On the syllable? On a different different syllable. syllable. Yes. And so it may not be a right, wrong thing as much as this is where we want to put our focus or time and energy or effort, or this is what we like to do more. And sometimes it's purely stylistic. Um, You know, sometimes it's just we want to worship in this manner we want to sing yeah. songs this way or to do things that way pray so a certain yeah way or right so all all, all denominational changes are not necessarily a bad thing because some is just hey people want to do different things differently and mm-hmm. go do that mm-hmm. now if we're divisive against each other and we start fighting each other that's that's obviously problematic that's the church not being the church right but it's we're allowed to be different 
but we still need to love each other. First Corinthians passage about the church and the, and the parts of the body. And it mm. talks about, can the eyes do what the hand cannot? Mm. And can the ears do what the mouth cannot? And things like that. Yeah. Where I feel like God does actually identify and say, you, you are going to th- see and hear and believe things differently. Right. And we typically take that as being different components within your church. Your assembly. Right. Your assembly. But sometimes that means there's different assemblies have different purposes. And, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's very true. And it depends on where you're at culturally, where you're at as a country, where you are at uh, financially, all sorts of different things and what community you're in, all those things can affect that. Sure. So, so with the person that asked me this question, <clears throat> talk or said, can you talk about the church? They said, we're wrestling, uh, with the ideas. Is the church for community? Is the church for evangelism? Is the church supposed to be small? Is it supposed to be large? Hmm. Um, I think the the first question, especially community or evangelism, there's some pretty uh, varied, but also strong opinions about that. Mm-hmm. And um, so let's talk about those two things. Yeah. So what is the purpose of church as Why community? Should I, yeah, right. Why should I show up there at this place <laughs> for starters? Well, let's just talk about those two yeah. terms. Like, okay, I is church for community? I but think, uh, yeah. Because to tell you the truth, I've... Mm-hmm. I've heard um, in the not too distant past, um, church isn't supposed to be like a country club where you just mm-hmm. come together and be comfortable. Well, why not? Why <laughs> right. can't I be comfortable when I get together to yeah. talk about God? And then, and I think, and yeah, and I think you're hitting the key right there is there's a lot of stuff we're going to talk about today. And I think where people get wigged out sometimes is we can tend to think in terms of it has to be just this way or just this thing. And the answer is there's a lot of things that church is. And I'm going to say it will again vary that mix of things. You just talk about community, evangelism, teaching, preaching, worship, all those things. There's going to be a different mix at different places. And even in your family, there needs to be a different mix at different times because there's seasons where you need something different and that's i think that's really important so sometimes and this is where we can say oh it needs our church your church needs to be about this community or we need to have verse by verse teaching or we need to have a great music program or we need to worship with hymns or whatever those things are go back to okay is this what works at this point and well this just throws another whole uh thing that we've talked about you know people will say are you just coming to the church to get fed or are you coming there to bring something to the church and the answer is that weight of which it is will vary over time there is a time you need to go to church just to get fed because (laughs) you're hungry and needy And there's a time for you to be a giver and there's a time to get a little bit of both. So let's see if we can wind back to what you just said, your actual question. Community. What does community look like? I mean, it should be we as people support each other emotionally, financially even. Mm -hmm. Um, 
look after one another. I mean, I know we did early on when um, we were all having kids, you know, 30 years ago. At our church. At our church. You know, we had the babysitting co-op. We helped each other with meals when you were having babies and sickness and all those kind of things. And it was, there was a much more, I'll call it communal lifestyle. I mean, not really a commune, but it was more in that light. We did a lot together. We did a lot of stuff together our in those were together, years. Our spiritual things were together. Yep. Our study was together. Right. Emotional things. We talked about marriages. We talked about the things that were pr- relevant to our lives, about how to raise kids and lots of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And we so lived there's, life together. We really did. And I think that's a huge thing. Huge, huge thing. And I think what, especially when you're younger, I think that's a huge thing to be a part of because for all the things you said um it brings life heck your parents did the same thing they were moved to san diego Diego and they started a church with some other people and they've been lifelong friends we're pretty communal there we actually lived next door to two other houses and had church in our houses yeah and so those things are great and what happens too is then Sometimes that's a long term. And when I say long term, I'm talking 10, 20, 30 years. Sometimes you have long term patterns that you can do in those things that work well. Sometimes you need something different as your children age. As you start to mature in certain ways, you need to hear something different. You need to see something different. Mm -hmm. And that may or may not be depend on your needs. So if, if we look through our family history, so you said like your parents were in this small church for, I don't know, sometimes several. About 10 years. Yeah. And then you came out here, went to another modest sized church. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, if we were to find churches, people will say, that's a large church. That's, I mean, what's large and what's small? I mean. So the church we were in in know. California, as I was growing up, started about 20 people, mm-hmm. grew. I mean, we eventually did have a building, grew for a while to over several hundred people. And then we moved back to Colorado mm-hmm. uh, when I was a teenager to be closer to my parents' families. Yeah. So then the church that we went to here was, uh, uh, again, like around in the one, <clears throat> one to 200 age right. range people of people. Yeah. And, as we, and we were there for a little while, not a long while. Right. And we probably won't, may or may not mention church names, but it's never, the changes are not necessarily of negative or problematic things or uh they can kind of, be. It, they can be. Sometimes there were some things here and there that have been rough, but uh, sometimes there's a time difference. Mm-hmm. You know, you just need something different. Mm-hmm. And um, which can I yeah. can I take a little branch off of what you're sure. saying here? Um, I think this is the point. The point is, where are you right now? Mm-hmm. What? So if we are all part of the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, which Christ calls the church. Mm-hmm. We're in the church age, Christians together form, us all together form the church, as in the ones who are to carry out the command to rule and subdue and multiply and go forth and bring God's glory, the kingdom of heaven down to earth. That's our job as the church. Okay, so if if we are the church, whatever's on our heart is what God is directing the church to do. Mm -hmm. So... If you have on in your heart 
that you are so in love with God that all you can do is think about sharing that with other people, probably you need something that's going to support a little more evangelism. Right. If you have in your heart, I'm in a stage in life, a, a, a new stage where I'm newly married or I'm just starting to have kids or I'm newly uh, empty nested or I'm newly widowed and I need some more support and some more community. That's on your heart. You are part of the right. church. You get to find other people to be in that place with you and minister to each other as the church. Right. There is no one size fits all because we are a living, moving organism as the church. Yeah. And we're going to move like an amoeba around and be kind of squishy in one area and bigger in another for a while and then move. I mean, of course, the first thing you need to do is ask the Lord, Lord, what's on my heart right now? Mm -hmm. What are you putting in my heart to uh, fulfill? Yeah. What is my purpose right now? Is my purpose right now to be in a community that's really focused on <coughs> prayer and understanding prayer? Am I is and, and be able to grow in that me as a person, me as a couple, me as a community with a bunch of people? Or do mm -hmm. I grow you know, I'm growing um, in understanding what, uh, how to get a different, how to get a certain message out like Dan and I mm -hmm. have on our hearts. We want Grace World to grow. We want people and our, I mean, we are learning so much about what does grace really mean as a person yeah. to live in a graceful life. We got a lot to learn. I was reading some stuff just this morning about the gospel of shame and some verbiage mm -hmm. that people use when they think about the tone of Jesus while he's talking to his disciples. <laughs> right. And the, the verbiage was, if you listen to Jesus say something, if you read a you know, passage, and at the end of whatever he says, you insert the word idiot. You idiot. <laughs> you're probably living under the gospel of shame, not the gospel of grace. Right. Okay, that was a new tweak for me to think about, even though we teach every week we talk every week about grace. We don't know everything about grace. We need other people right. to be inputting in our lives. What does grace look like? What kind of verbiage looks different that can, you know, give me a different perspective about how I think about grace. So right now I need community around me that really does understand grace and loves and lives grace as we also pursue an outreach mm -hmm to also give others maybe some fresh perspective about what God thinks about them using the terminology of grace. So it, it that's where we're at. We're yeah. but we've been in churches where evangelism was a really big thing. So we grew in that. We grew in being mm -hmm. bold in our faith. We grew in understanding how to go up to a stranger and actually talk to them about God in a really awkward way but you know being bold you know then we've been in churches like you just said where we were all raising families so we needed the support of each other because we were all so but tired because we had so many kids you know like it's such an ebb and flow right and 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 to plunk the bible down and open up, even to open up acts and say well this is the way the early church was so this is the way church always has to be yeah. Well, they kind of ebbed and flowed out of the Jewish culture that they were just in mm -hmm. and moved in a different spirit and figured out what they needed to do as Jesus had just taught them all kinds of new things about the purpose and heart of God. 
And then you get a little further into the epistles and you hear how they started to ebb and flow. And, and then you just look at history and all the ebbs and flows that happened with all the biggies like Martin Luther and John Calvin and Constantine and all those things. Mm -hmm. Those were born from a heart of God is doing something new. And as a person or as a community, we sense that we feel that. And so we're going to go with that. That's church. Yeah, and that's if we, the church yeah. being the church on mm-hmm. earth in their purpose. Yeah, yeah. In fact, if you look at Acts, yeah, watch, read Acts, and you'll. What's shocking is it takes a lot of time for the disciples to figure out some basics. And what's weird is to go. So God's good with you not knowing stuff. Mm-hmm. Just live i mean it took them 15 go read acts chapter 15 and this is where they figured out uh can the gentiles be saved without becoming a jew first it took them 15 years to come up with that answer mm-hmm. 15 years so for 15 years so from the year 30 or yeah call it 33 or no 29 to 15 years later they didn't know that a Gentile could become a Christian without becoming a Jew first. Mm -hmm. And God was good with that of, okay, we'll figure it out. You guys, that God can let people go along and actually be incorrect or imperfect in their understanding. Incomplete. But you're, but as you pursue him, he'll tell you more. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I want to have that as an encouragement because as you read this or listen to this and you heard Becky say, you know, oh, we don't know everything and we teach grace, but we don't know it all. I know to some people you could be reacting, oh, wow, they've been a Christian 40 years, 50 years, whatever, and they don't really know it all and stuff. Maybe what am I going to get if I'm a new crew? If I'm a new Christian, will I know what, what, what's what for me? And it's like, you have a lot for you right away. And it's God is not these, there's all this stuff we just can't figure out. It's God is revealing more and more rich yeah, things. Yeah, it's a growth it's process. It's just a wonderful growth thing. It's like we don't plant a tree and go, why is it not producing fruit the first year we put, put the seed in the ground? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, well, but it's doing other growth and it's doing it great. It's growing really well. It's not time for that. And so this is, I want to connect that to that shame thing you said. It's very easy to say, well, I'm not there. Or I don't have this yet. Or I have that. It's like, that's okay. Enjoy God. You know, the chief aim of man is to enjoy God and worship him forever. Said by a church leader, a yeah. bunch of church leaders. Right. And it was, they got together in a council and there was like, you know what? That's kind of the point. So do that point. And what we do is we discover more and more riches, more and more wealth, more and more understanding, uh, more and more facets about God that are exciting and interesting. So if you're feeling that little tug in your voice of, oh, what if I'm not there yet? Or what if I don't get, it's like, enjoy today. Enjoy, and it's the same with church. Uh, You know, well, what if I'm not, playing piano and I'm not being the usher and I'm not a deacon and I'm not, it's like, do what you need to do today and see what God leads you to do tomorrow Mm -hmm. and be comfortable with that. Because you know what? There is a time, there's a lot of hurt people that need to go to church and just lay there and rest. We've been, we did that. So we'll go tell my story. Yeah. I was raised in various, uh, independent fundamentalist churches and got a lot out of that. And this is where I say, 
our journey is the sum of all the things we can bring together. And if we just get angry about the past or say, well, this church wasn't perfect, blah, 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 they were terrible. It's like, what did you get from it? Mm-hmm. Even if you got a negative thing of, I want to not be that way. Say, okay, that's a good, ex- that's a good lesson to not be that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, um, I think it was generally good stuff that I got. Um, we came to a church in the Springs and actually we were in a really uh, strong intellectual church that taught grace mostly, but they kind of did some mistakes there bad mistakes they taught that god doesn't so by so say that they kind of got into legalism basically sorry licentiousness yeah that the great that god will accept you no matter what you do right and some of their behaviors show that they really didn't understand what god's acceptance was for right because God will accept you, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean you're not ruining people's lives and there's not consequences for doing stupid stuff. That's that's a great, horrible misunderstanding of grace. Um, that was for a few years. And then we got to another church where we were there for, I think, 30 to 35 years. And that's part of where I met Becky. Uh, that's where our kids grew up. Um, and there came a time when it just was no longer because of where we were growing. And we did actually have a a trauma there at the end but i think sometimes maybe the part of the trauma was to get us moving to where where we needed to go but things were changing and it was we were having a hard time leaving because we had such because we had a lot of connections loyalty to yeah yeah in fact i was teaching a sunday school class it was i don't know between 50 and 100 people and you know we had all sorts of ministry and becky was in the worship team and played or you ran the choir Mm -hmm. yeah Gonna say which thing you did there, and um, but it was time to go, and we had some other things that we needed to explore that God was leading us in and teaching, and it was tough because, to be honest, we had to, I want to say pioneer things, but we had to go a little bit without leadership of somebody saying, "Hey, this is where we're going." It was kind of, "All right, God, we know there's more. We know there's something you want to show us." Where do we go? And we we had to bump around for a couple of years at a few different places. And And just lay there? Yeah. One of the churches actually we did for a year or so, um, it was a just lay there thing. And it was, and I got to know the pastor and even told him, I said, you know, this is, we needed to just heal here. Mm -hmm. We had some things where I enjoyed your stuff, but this was a, we need to heal, but this is not the place that God wants us to stay um, and plug in and all right that. not due to any negatives it's just this is there's a different destination that we were headed which is a little side note again mm-hmm. somebody that's in our church now also went to that church and so mm-hmm. i feel a little connection to hmm. this person because of that little time that we had at that other church interesting yeah and then we end up going to i mean for a couple of years we bounced and we kind of did multiple we actually went to for a while we went to three churches at once kind of uh mm-hmm. we did a morning thing uh actually went to two places in the morning and then we went to evening surfaces at new life but then they that was in the middle of their trauma and so yeah, with, it, with yeah with with us uh coming through what we went through it was like yeah we're not ready to go to another in, in new life church in our town is a yeah. mega church it's huge so we it was like ten thousand people small we had some you know experience yeah. with small church and then we had some experience with medium-sized church and then we 
had some experience, not that we were really plugged mm-hmm. in, but we knew a ton of people from New Life right. because it was 10,000 people. It was yeah, at least five or 10, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, and this is the thing, and I know people will complain and say, oh, mega churches are bad, or little churches are just not growing, or whatever. And it's like they each have their place, and none of them are a perfect or the correct model because there's huge churches that do a great job of connecting people Mm -hmm. discipling people mentoring people and doing stuff and there's some that do a terrible yeah that have a great vision there's some that have done that really well and there's some small churches that just plain don't do they're just kind of small and there isn't a vision or something an ingrown you know but so there's a place for both of them that's good or bad this the size itself is not the issue it's who are the people and what's the vision and where are they heading and are they committed to that Mm -hmm. and again so let's go back to what's the purpose of church and the answer is it depends on where you are at time and there's and so i wouldn't go in with a prejudice for any of the size things but go talk to god and say what is it we need at this phase of life in order to first of all i need yeah. And I think that's an okay because, right, a lot of times we'll do that false humility or whatever of, well, I can't talk about my needs. I just need to care about others and minister to others. And it's like, ah, oh, you can't, you know, it's the proverbial oxygen mask thing. You can't, they tell you on the airplane, put your oxygen mask on first. If before you're chatting you, with a child or an elderly Right. Person before you put it on them, you have to take care. Because if you're a mess, it's not ministry time you know right and granted you know part of the process of you growing may involve somewhat of you doing ministry or helping other and all that's important and so forth but there's a timeliness when you say i need help or i need to be taken care of for a while and there'll be a time when it's like oh i need to plug in more or i need to support others more or i just need to be part of a bigger community or i might you know who knows there's all sorts of possibilities but what's the keys, right? The key is listen to the Holy Spirit. That's our magic word <laughs> phrase. See what. See what stirs in your heart. See what stirs in your heart. Because if you go to a place where you're just like week after week going, this isn't it. I'm not really getting anything, but I'm doing church. Then that's probably not for you. And we have been at church at a while. There's been some places we've been to where it's like. We're not getting a lot from this church. In fact, we're not getting very much at all, but we feel like we are here to minister and bless others. So we've had those kind of times, but that shouldn't be the normal thing. That shouldn't be normally that you're somewhere that isn't healthy for you, that you're trying to part that you may do that for a while, but that's not a long-term stable configuration. You better have a pretty firm conviction that God's calling you to be a martyr for you to be in that situation. Right. So, but we've been in other places where we had to sit there and just get fed. And we've done the place where we're all part of the community. And each of those was appropriate for their time. And so that's the key thing, right? I think so. Timeliness and And Holy Spiritliness. Listen to your heart for realsies. Like, what, whatever it is, if it's, I really need to find a best friend because I've moved to a new town and I, I feel like I don't, I just don't know, I, you know, I really need a connection with a person. That's an okay right. reason. 
to keep going to different churches till you start to find that fit. Yeah. I mean, you can go to a place that's not doctrinally necessarily what you need or fully agree with. But if I can connect to one other person who is a friend who we can because have if that's support, what I need right now, because if that's what I need, that's a good reason to be there. Right. Thank or you. I have gifts and abilities and I want a place to use my gifts and abilities. Yeah. I'm either a teacher or I'm a coach or I'm great with kids or I'm a good musician. Find a place where they where they have a need. Right. And be able to fit in there. And if they don't have a need, mm-hmm. probably that's not your, I mean, if that's on your heart to go and fit a need and they don't have a need, find another place where they yeah. have a need. You know, it's okay to say I get to go where the Holy Spirit and myself are in agreement together about what my point of life, excuse me, what my point of life is in right now. Yeah. And, and you know, I've, I've heard from several pulpits of places that I've been, church hopping is a bad thing. Well, well if you keep my it forever. Guess, <laughs> my guess, I'm not even going to say yeah. that. My guess is if somebody's saying that from the pulpit, they have a problem in their church and they need right. to be looking at why they have that problem in why their church. A, yeah. Because church hopping is a label right. given to shame you. Yep. If you need to find and go to different places, what if you went to three different churches at once? Yeah. Or two. What if you went to one on a Sunday morning and one had another group on a Wednesday night because there were different things to be yeah. fulfilled in those things? Oh, your church. You can't commit to one church. Baloney. Mm-hmm. What if you actually, if you are feeling a sense of fulfillment and joy in being involved in those two or three groups or whatever it is, go for it. Yeah. Joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Dread and duty are not a joy of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> whoa, whoa, are not whoa, fruit of the Holy Spirit. You gotta, you, you gotta work enough. Uh, that's what I mean. Like there has been some pretty ingrained right. doctrines about what your purpose at church is from pulpits and from leadership that are just quite frankly, not godly. Yeah, they're they're just not helpful to their community. Let your church be a flowing in and in and out. And the people that need to make deep connections and have longevity, they will find that. Right. Unless God is completely revealed to you, though, this is a church that needs to stick. These people need to stick through thick and thin and don't let any of them go away. Unless that's been the call in your life, Pastor. You need to let go sometimes right. of some of the people that need to ebb and flow through your church for a short time or a long time or have different ministries while they're there, whatever, because the church as a whole has to be living. It's like the Bible. It has to be living. Mm-hmm. It has, there has to be room and flow and, and space for air to move and the Holy Spirit to breathe life into those places. And if you have a little box and say, this is my church. Or this is how I view the word. There's not much room and space in there. Once God comes in and fills that, where's it going to go? It's going to stagnate. It's going to, and yeah. then you're going to have people that are grumpy and causing division and saying they don't feel heard or saying everybody else is wrong or whatever. Those are the issues you need to be looking at. Yeah. So I guess for pastors, they have the same, you kind of have the inverse issues or the same same questions in a different direction. Yeah, if you have a high turnover in your church, 
that's a heads up. It doesn't mean it's wrong. No, I think it, it could be a good thing. It may be a good thing. It may you need, this is where you got to decide. What is my community or what is my that church I'm ministering about? to? What As am a I, pastor, right. what is my church about? Right. If God, you have called me to be a pastor in a church, what kind of church do you want me to be? If there's a lot, mm-hmm. and, and you go with that and you realize that you, that may be for a season. Yeah. The purpose of your church. I mean, your church will change over time. Look at the churches time. that yeah. we've been in. It is going to change right. over time. It is. Your church is going to, your church should change over time. Right. If it doesn't, there's something because wrong. Because you've got some. Uh, it means nobody's it, growing it if it's the exact same thing. It means there could be problems. Yeah. That doesn't have to be there's right or wrong. But it means that there might, if there's divisions and fractions and things to use Bible terms in your church, look at it. Find places where maybe you're putting an imposition on people that they feel the pressure to be a certain way or something because that's what our church is all about. We got a covenant church. We got to all be together. We're all grumpy, but we're a covenant church. I have a friend in one of those right now. I'm like, God help them (laughs) because they're all a covenant church and they've covenanted to live life together through thick and thin and they all hate each other and they're miserable. There is no joy in that church. I'm sorry to judge, but... I feel like that is probably <laughs> covenant of shame, not a very life giving church. Let's well, covenant of throwing ourselves on a grenade. I don't know. Yeah. And here's the thing, right? We can, and there's so many different ways this can look in different people's lives over time. Um, Cause I've known different people. I mean, I think about my own life, you know, we went through smaller fundamentalist churches and back in those days it was always you just made sure that you had a pastor that came from Dallas Seminary you know that was what Mm -hmm. mattered is you had Mm -hmm. a good verse by verse teacher from Dallas Theological Seminary which I got a good foundational basis from that and I learned a lot of the Bible from that that, and there was a time for that I have other people I know like I got a friend who's he comes from a Greek family and they go to the Greek Orthodox Church and that's what they always do And it's like, okay, but he grows in that he's matured, has different involvement is now in some leadership positions and so forth. And he's part of that community, which is somewhat of an ethnic community, somewhat of a historical perspective from their family community. And while they may not have the same variance of exposure, they have a deeper community connection and that has value and that's okay. You know, that's their experience. And there's other people that need to say, I need to find all sorts of different things. And I think we we kind of go for a long time in something. And so it's not like we're church hopping. I mean, when you go decades oh, at a time. Oh, oh, what if we were church what, hopping? See, then we'd you just be bad. brought that in there. We're going to define church hopping as at least three churches per year oh, for God. a period no, of at least. No. Oh, my word. <laughs> so. We are church hoppers in this. So. In, in that we are seeking other believers in a variety of ways. We read all the time. We have community with different various people that don't all meet together weekly for uh, assembling to worship God. Mm-hmm. We have a group that we do that with, mm-hmm. but we also meet with people in social capacity and have mm-hmm. deep spiritual conversations with them. So, that's yes. church hopping in my well, opinion. We have, I know that's uh, not yeah, the yeah. Com- that's not the cultural. Maybe we should view have a song on hopping. that. I'm a church hopper. I'm a church hopper. 
just hop on by. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so let's hop. So what do we think? How can we? So what's our encouragement from all of this? Go you where got, God tells you to go. Go where God tells and you. And be okay with wanting a place where you feel comfortable. Right. And you feel joy and you feel life. Doesn't right. mean hard things aren't going to happen with people. And every I get, So maybe this is mm-hmm. it. If something hard happens, then you say, I'm not going to deal with that hard thing. And I'm going to move on to something else. Maybe that's what people mean by church hopping. I think, yeah. That they, they're not willing to address hard things. But perhaps. even in that, it. <laughs> You get a chance, if something hard has happened, you get a chance to have some revelation about yourself. Why was that hard? Right. Was that something that somebody did that was abusive to you? Or was mm-hmm. it because you have, you're viewing life through a certain lens that maybe that lens needs to go away for a while and mm-hmm. you need to understand more about yourself or the people that are around you? Mm-hmm. But the, the gist of the encouragement is find, first figure out what do you need? Mm-hmm. And if you're a couple, you have to find that out together. What do you need together to be in a church? If being, if going to church as a couple is a, is what you want. Or an Maybe individual. Maybe you're a couple and you want to go to different churches. And if that's okay with you and your marriage and you want to do that, do that. But if as a couple you want to go to a, the same church, then you need to figure out what are our main uh, mm-hmm. things stirring in our heart? What are our needs? What do we, what do we want to be able to get and give with a community of people that are pretty like-minded. It's okay to go to church with people that are like-minded. Yeah. And how do I get life right. by being in that community? And then yeah. go for it. And yeah. you know, if it takes time, it does take time. It does. It might take, you like, might have to we, spend a few we did years. a house church yeah. just with us and the kids for almost three years. Oh, that's true. I forgot. I left we that right didn't off. Even, we didn't even go to church with anybody else for almost three years. And we moved our house in that time period, and we had other things going on where we had community in a different realm. Mm-hmm. But it might take a little while, and don't get frustrated in the process right. because you will learn things along the way about what you do and don't need and want. Yeah. And so I'll just say, too, to throw it, echo that church should be healthy mm-hmm. and it should bring health to you mm-hmm. emotionally, physically, and spiritually. If it's not a healthy place and you're not leaving there going, it was good to be there. Mm-hmm. I felt something of value. Then you need to go somewhere else. You need to hop on over to another church. <laughs> so, or Hit the figure, road, Jack. Yeah. Don't you come back no more. You know, and it doesn't, like you say, it doesn't mean that, you know, you might have hard stuff, but it shouldn't be abusive stuff. It might be challenging things. Right. You might get pushed to do something stronger. But, and I'll say one other thing. And this is a gentle nudge. If you're immature, and I mean like you're not a strong Christian, you haven't grown much, go somewhere where you can get taught a bit or people will take care of you a bit until you can get, if you're the little birdie, that you can be ready to jump out of the nest mm-hmm. or something. But you might need support for a while, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Go seek it out and find people that will care for you. Mm-hmm. But then know when it's time to say, it's time for me to care for somebody else or help out or be challenged a little bit or go fly. Be ready to do that mm-hmm. and be willing. Mm-hmm. But 
don't throw yourself on a grenade. You know, this is, we often get into this martyr stuff of, we need to throw ourselves on a grenade and sacrifice ourselves. Lose ourselves to right. find ourselves. Do you know how many times Jesus sacrificed himself? Once. <laughs> he challenged people. People tried to kill him multiple times during his life. And he said, no, you don't get to kill me today. Mm-hmm. He had people came and attacked him personally. And he said, mm-hmm. no, I'm pushing back on this stuff. I will not take your crap from the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. He pushed back. There was only one time when he finally said, time to go to the cross. Okay, this is why I'm here. Now I'm willing to sacrifice for this purpose because this is the time and place for me to sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And what we take from that too often is, oh, you should be sacrificing all the time. You should always give up your rights Mm -hmm. for everybody else. Mm -hmm. You should always make yourself feel bad so that other people can feel good. Like, no, you should live a healthy life. Mm -hmm. You should have a healthy self-image. You should have healthy emotions. You should have a healthy, healthy, quiet time. Somebody said to me last week. We we gloss over how many times Jesus went away to be with the father. It right. was a lot because he, he was didn't not want to hang around with all people. the time. Right. He had he was an introvert. I think Jesus was an introvert. So, yeah, he's willing to go talk. But it's like, OK, I'm done. I, I need some time here away from you guys. Mm-hmm. And he did that. And he had three friends. He hung around with them a lot. But even then he went away from mm-hmm. and he needed time alone. So I think that's our big encouragement is find a place of joy. In life. And you know what? I know there's a lot of bad churches out there. It makes me sad how many are not life-giving. Find one that's life-giving because they're out there. Mm-hmm. There are great churches. And not just great churches. There's some great people out there that might be in marginal churches. That's what Find the church a great is. Person. Yeah, it's <laughs> they're the churches. And, and that, by life-giving, yeah. you know, like there's different personalities. For us, life-giving means there's a lot of upbeat things. There's a lot of intellectual stimulation in our theology there's there's big loud music but for some people that's not it for some people they need something calm and serene and uh, with like small acts of service that go Mm -hmm. unnoticed and that's life-giving to them yeah so that's my point know yourself and know yourself there's a key thing right Mm -hmm. know thyself you are the church yeah. So, so you, you get do. to say what you, <laughs> you do what you. part of your ch- church, what, what the part of the church is right. that you are and you get to be it. And that goes back to that Corinthians verse. If you're the hand, don't try to be a foot. Mm-hmm. If, you know, if you're the lower intestine, <laughs> don't try to think too hard. Don't try to be, well, actually, there's a lot of correlation <laughs> between the brain ne- and the there, intestines. There is some neurons there in <laughs> well, your intestines. We can get on to a different topic but, of that. Hey, that's a fun fact. <laughs> so be well you guys all right enjoy god enjoy your life with god mm-hmm. if you need to contact us you know you can find us at grace.world that's our website grace.world no comms or orgs or anything if you want to find us on social media you can find us at true grace world on uh, instagram and sometimes twitter if dan remembers and facebook and uh, you could pray for us. We're th- th- thinking about launching another little branch here, a little arm off of our ministry to head into the video world. So pray for us that we would know the timing and how to do that. Mm. And um, 
you can call us at 1-800-85-GRACE. Is that it? 833-85-GRACE. 833-85-GRACE. is the number of God. 85-GRACE. Those are ways you can reach out to us if you'd like to. Um, and, but mostly know that we are for you. We are for your health. We are for your spiritual health to know God and enjoy him. Have a great week, everybody. See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.